And I call the clerk. Private members' business, notice number two, banking system reform, separation of banks bill 2018. And I call the member for Kennedy. Um, seek, uh, <clears throat> I present the banking system reform, separation of banks bill 2018 and the explanatory memorandum. <clears throat> Members leaving the chamber could do so as quickly as they can. <laughs> the clerk. First reading a bill for an act to re-establish confidence in the banking system to separate retail commercial banking activities involving the holding of deposits from wholesale and investment banking involving risky activities and for other purposes. The member for Kennedy. I move this bill be now read a second time. The member for Kennedy may proceed. Yes, second. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the great upheavals in the Western democracies, the so-called free economies, which are really mixed economies, um, <clears throat> occurred the greatest one being 1929, the Great Depression. Um, and uh, I think to understand what has taken place, you must read John Kenneth Galbraith's The Great Crash. Um, very erudite, very readable. You must read The Bold Riders, which the uh, crashes of the 1980s, the late 1980s in Australia, the Laurie Connells, the Alan Bonds, um, the dreadful crash that occurred in Australia then, um, Trevor Sykes, The Bold Riders. And uh, you must read, of course, The uh, <clears throat> Big Short, um, the American book that came out after the GFC collapse. Um, speaker, having said that, the Great Depression was immediately addressed by the Congress of the United States with the Glass-Steagall Act of 1933. The Depression hit right at the end of 1929 effectively started in 1930, and uh, within three years they had drafted legislation to ensure that this would not occur again. And in um, that magnificent, small but magnificent work of Galbraith's, um, he quotes the congressional hearings, and, uh, and I don't know the names of all the companies, Mr Speaker, but they asked Goldman Sachs, they said, so you in fact owned uh, a company inflated a company called I'll call it Whitehaven, and uh, Whitehaven. They said yes, and Whitehaven's total assets were shares in Blue Seas. Yes, and Blue Seas' total assets were ownership of Sir Silver Surf, and Silver Surf's total assets were the shares in, and it went on and on and on, and in actual fact. The only thing that any of these 19 companies owned was shares in the parent company, right back to Goldman Sachs, who'd floated it off with about 0.00001% of their shares. So they floated off company with a share issue in Goldman Sachs, which was of negligible value um, to Goldman Sachs and negligible value to the people. But what we're talking about here, that is called derivatives. 
When you don't buy a loaf of bread, you buy a contract to buy a loaf of bread. And that is what we call a derivative. Glass-Steagall came in and it overcame the vast bulk of those problems so that the American economy ran fairly effectively to make it uh, three, four, five times the size of any other economy on earth until Mr Bill Clinton, Mr Free Markets um, himself, uh, even in the uh, notorious movies about him, um, is addressing workers and telling them all that they'll be much better off when we free all the markets up. Um, and you will take some pain uh, in the shorter term. Um, in 1999, he abolished the Glass-Steagall Act. Within two years, the dot-com collapse occurred, taking down trillions of dollars of savings and superannuation and retirement monies of Americans and the rest of the world. And in 2008, we're all familiar with the GFC. Now, I mean, clearly, that timeline indicates the necessity for Glass-Steagall legislation in this place. And uh, I must single out, by way of thanks, because it's one occasion where I did not do the hard work on the bill, um, thank Ian Plush, my chief of staff, but Robert Barwick, associated with a number of organisations in Australia, very articulate, very intelligent and done some excellent work here. Wilson Sy, who's one of the great Australians, as a whistleblower, but also, and you know, I, I don't like that term, he was a man who had the courage to say the truth when the truth was going to cost him greatly, but would be a great contribution to this nation. So we played Dr. Wilson Sy a very great time. And uh, Bob Butler, who did a lot of the solid work in drafting this bill uh, and uh, bringing it into the Australian uh, economy. Um, Swan and put money into circulation the minute the GFC hit. And history books will be very, very kind to Wayne Swan <laughs> as a treasurer. The opposition complained that it was given to people just to go out there and spend. Well, that's exactly what you do in a depression, to head off a depression. I mean, it was an incredibly stupid statement by the opposition at the time. Swan and Hockey guaranteed the big four banks. And that was a very good thing for both of them to do, both sides of the parliament, and I think that that needed to be done. So we headed off, and, and the other thing that really headed it off was the terrible evil in Australia, which is recourse lending. So if you can't pay, make your house repayments, then the house is taken off you and sold out from under you for less than its loan value. So the bank has the debt and you become a wage slave for the rest of your life. You carry that debt and that debt accumulates interest for the rest of your life, unless you take bankruptcy. Um, so, Mr Speaker, the situation in Australia is ugly and it is evil. And this legislation is needed to overcome those um, problems. And what effectively it says is, Mr Bank, you are no longer out there in the market, the arena, buying and selling. No, your job 
is to loan to people that buy, sell, develop, invest. You don't do that. You judge them. And the bold riders, the Laurie Connells, the Alan Bonds, the, all of those people from that period, if Alan Bond, in fact, had been restrained by prudential bank action, he would today be a great hero because he did a lot of wonderful things. And similarly with Christopher Scase. If he'd been restrained and controlled by prudential banking, APRA is not worth two bob, but if either of them had been restrained, they left great monuments for the Australian people. One of them being um, our, which is not working today because of another bold rider, um, um, the, uh, the uh, um, um, nickel plant in uh, Townsville. I mean, those most beautiful tourist resorts in the world. These were the things that these people created. But because they had the non-prudential banking system that allowed them to do whatever they like, they went out on splurges, which destroyed all of their good work and took millions of Australians down and destroyed their savings, their superannuation and their little bit of security that they had. Um, Strictly speaking, I include on this note, I jumped to university uh, because everyone was making a fortune in mining um, and uh, my uh, now wife, she invested some money in a company called Toledo. I read the prospectus and there was more copper, it was the year before decimal currency, there was more copper in my pocket than they had in all of their copper reserves of this so-called mining company. And I said, ah, this, I love this, uh, this uh, um, share market. Um, this is the greatest mechanism ever devised by man for a smart country boy to take, take money off dumb rich city boys. So, so I jumped to university to go out in the mining boom. The crash came, and, uh, but we still bought mines in a production. Um, Mr. Speaker, the housing boom in Australia today, I mean, does anyone seriously think that we are not sitting on the brink of disaster? A quarter of Australia's population, maybe a third, live in Newcastle, Sydney and Wollongong. The average price of a house is over 800000 That means 50 per cent of the houses are over that value. And yet the average income for an Australian, after tax, is about 50 grand a year. So I mean, how are they going to make their payments on a house? And yet they're buying houses. The banks are financing. Well, the banks make money when you go broke and they sell the house out from under you. They don't lose money. They make money out of what is good. They should be held responsible. Mr Speaker, I would love to be in a business that is guaranteed by the government. If, if I buy a corner store and I know that if I go broke, the government's going to give me the money, everyone will be buying corner stores in Australia. But they are given this, but there is no responsibility placed upon their shoulders to act in a prudential manner. And that recent hist economic history of Australia proves absolutely that the they have never, never involved in that. Kennedy's and I conclude by a quotation from Robert Menzies, government must be involved if our economic democracy is to be preserved. I don't often quote him, but the I will on this one. The member for Kennedy's time has concluded. Is the motion seconded? The member for Denison. The Speaker, I'm delighted to second the indefatigable member for Kennedy's bill and reserve my right to speak. The question is that this bill be now read a second time. The time allotted for this debate has expired. The debate is adjourned and the resumption of the debate will be made in order of the day for the next sitting. And I call the clerk.